You're listening to episode number 53 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. New episodes are released only on Self-Care Sundays, and it's been a hot minute. I've been traveling in Spain over the past few weeks, and if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen my travels there at kaylee.e.r. But I'm back now, and we have some new episodes for the summer, starting with an interview with one of my friends, a fellow content creator and influencer, Carly, at your girl Carly on Instagram and across all channels. In this interview, Carly and I not only talk about how she got into the quote-unquote influencer world and her advice for those starting out, and we also talk about boys and relationships because relationships are a big part of our self-care and I think our self-worth sometimes as well. How we view ourselves and how we treat ourselves is often reflected in the relationships that we have and it affects how we approach relationships with other people, whether it's a romantic partner, a friend, or family members. So in this episode, we talk about toxic relationships focusing on yourself outside of relationships, and how stress and overthinking can kill any relationship. The end of the episode, we talk more about manifestation and positive affirmations. Do they actually work or is it basically just hustling to make things happen and calling it the universe? And we end the episode with a what's in the cards segment where I read Carly's tarot cards in regards to a love question that she has. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Let's get right into it. So this Sunday, I'm here with my friend Carly, and I'm just realizing that we only met this year, like in 2019, Mm -hmm. which is actually crazy because I feel like I've known you forever. I know. (laughs) I'm sure, you know what, maybe maybe it was like end of 2018. Okay, so I'm back in the timeline now, and we are going all the way back through like November 2018 and then we were talking in DMs about brand collabs because there was a brand that had sent me stuff oh my god body shop yeah well that and there was like another one bear me beauty there was a couple yeah. there was a couple brand collabs that I had been posting about and you were like are you are they paying you because they reached out and they told me that they didn't have budget and I was like no I'm just I'm doing it for free because I love their products. So that was October of 2018. And then I remember reaching out to you because I started seeing this guy and you were like following one of his friends on Instagram. So I DM'd you and I was like, hey girl, (laughs) tell me everything you know about this guy. Like, is he a good guy? Like, do you know his friends? Like, do you know who this guy is? And we talked about that. And then I feel like we just kind of kept DMing after that because we kind of became friends. Like once you talk about a guy, it's like, okay. So you came into my life because of influencer stuff. We like became friends basically because of everything Instagram. Yes. I want to go back into your story a little bit and like who Carly is because I don't even know if I know you that well. Like I know your Instagram, Carly. I, I feel like I know you better now, but like, who was Carly 
pre-influencer life. That's so funny that you asked me that because I actually don't think I've told you the story. I just feel like I assume everyone knows. <laughs> but um, basically, so I started my blog five years ago now, maybe six, mm, unsure. But um, I was my last year of high school. And in high school, I was a CFL cheerleader. I cheered for the Edmonton Eskimos. And I was a musical theater major. Like I applied to musical theater school. And I was like, for my whole life, I had been a competitive dancer for 14 years. I did like lots of like Broadway musicals, all of this stuff. And I was like, I'm going to go to musical theater school. The only problem was is like I didn't read music and I never taught myself how to do it. And so I applied to musical theater school and I got rejected. And I was like cool. Like, what am I going to do now? And uh, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but the high school that I went to is actually the number one leadership high school in all of Alberta. And so we do a global initiative every single year. There's, they're still doing it and they're raising stupid amounts of money. But, um, at the time we raised $175,000 for world bicycle relief in six months. That's actually crazy. That's yeah. so much money. So we did so many things like that. Like there's so many awesome charities that we supported. But the really cool thing was like this whole school came together. It didn't matter if you were like a hockey kid or like a, a theater kid. Like the whole school came together and we all did this thing together. So my family was like, you're really good at that. You're like really good at like campaigning and like advertising and all that stuff. Like I think you'd be really good at like PR or marketing or because I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. So I was like, okay. I'll do that. So I applied to business school, but I still had like five months until I figured out even if I was accepted or not. So I was like, well, I don't want to do nothing now. So I hopped myself onto Google and I was like, online marketing, like internet marketing, like trying to figure out like what I could do in the meantime. And I came across blogging and I was like, okay, like that's cool. And I've always loved tech. Like, I feel like people don't know that about me as much. Like they see like do like tech stuff on my Instagram stories, but I love it. Like I, I taught myself how to code. I love it. I'm a fucking tech nerd. You swear on your podcast? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. A little bit different audience. Yeah, a little bit different little niche different than, uh, I can't even say your podcast name on my podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so like I love tech. And so I spent those months like teaching myself how to make a website and all that stuff. Cause that's before like Wix was the thing and before like Squarespace was really easy to use and I actually like, teach myself how to code this website. I worked at a car dealership full time at the time um, in reception. It was very boring and it was brand new. It was like the second Audi dealership in our city, brand, brand new, owned by like a super rich dude. And uh, I would just sit there all day <laughs> and it was like so boring. And so I launched my blog while working there. And uh, just never stopped. It was like so fun and so interesting. And it was so weird because I did it and I didn't know anyone else who was in blogging. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I found friends. But like I didn't know anyone else. And I would just like promo it on my Facebook and stuff. And then I would see people in person and they'd be like, oh my God, like how's your blog going? And I was like, oh, what? Like you know that I do that? And I still feel like that today. Like people are like, oh my God, what? I'm like, yeah, it's a weird feeling when like people from your real life, see your blogger influencer life and they if they don't do it they don't know what it's like so like it seems so much more fun and like exciting and crazy on the outside and then really it's like well we're just standing taking 50 photos of the same thing in TD Garden today (laughs) (laughs) yeah I feel you uh, yeah and then I 
launched the blog and I never looked back and I've been doing it ever since. And now I have the podcast and YouTube and Instagram and all of that stuff. But that's kind of my story of how I got here. I've always just kind of loved it and I never stopped learning either. Like I go to real school right now and then I also go home and I'll watch tons of different courses and stuff and I love it. I think it's so interesting. I listen to so many like online marketing podcasts. I read so many books like just about business and it's just like I love it. It's awesome. You're, <laughs> you're from Edmonton, right? Like yeah. did you grow up there? Like you're always lived in Edmonton, yeah. which is not an influencer city. It's not a city that has really any of this kind of marketing at all. So that in itself, like I feel that way about Calgary, like Calgary is so small and like not up to speed, but Edmonton is like, so I think that's something that I think is really interesting about you is that you've taught yourself basically everything and you're just like making it happen for yourself even though there is kind of all these odds against you or against really anybody in a smaller city that is trying to build influence online and trying to be an online personality like if you're not in LA it's that much harder because there's not the same opportunities we have this awful weather like today like every weekend we've hung out it's such bad weather we can't shoot content outside like that's one downside of living in Canada right like you literally can only shoot good content for like three months out of the whole year so there's so many things working against you working against us or like anybody small trying to make it in a city that is not a content hub yet you are somebody who's like really going after it and just saying like I can't swear on my podcast, but F it. And, <laughs> and I love that about you. So what would be some of your tips to like younger people just starting out or anybody who's like at that stage? Because I know we're still relatively small, but we're getting food brand collaborations. Yeah. We're getting gifted stuff all of the time. We're getting invites to events. Like we're at the level where people do take us seriously and it is like basically a part-time job already. Yeah. Um, so what would you say to somebody who's like just starting out and wants to get more into the space or is like afraid of putting themselves out there on online? Um, I would say one is never stop learning. Like that's something that being, being in business school, that's something that I see people get so trapped in is they're like, Oh, I'm getting a business degree. Like I don't need to know anything except for my business degree Mm -hmm. to thrive in the real world. But that's not true. <laughs> you can't learn everything from a business degree, especially in my major, which is marketing, because there's it's changing literally every single day. Yes. So one of my biggest things is like never stop learning. A lot of people like hit a level of like quote unquote success and then they just think they know it all. But you have to be like very humble and understand that you will never know everything, but you can always try to learn more. Like you can always do better than like what you've already been doing type of thing. And that's like what I feel like I excel at is like I'm always consistently like challenging myself and like trying to do better. So I think the long and the short of it is like never stop learning. I think that is such a big thing. And then something that I found really recently is surrounding yourself with the right people. For the first four years of my blog or whatever, I – was trying to do it on my own. And I mean, I don't really have a team right now. Well, I actually kind of do now, but um, like you really have to have like a supportive team. So like the times that you're like losing your mind, they're like, no, like 
you got this, like, blah, blah, blah. They're, like, pumping your ego and hyping you up. And I think that's really important, too, because I truly believe in, like, the you are the product of the five people you surround yourself with. Literally, since I ditched, like, my toxic relationship and, like, started really focusing on, like, the great positive things in my life, my life has been nothing but, like, upward. And it's been crazy. I don't feel like I'm doing that much different, but it's, like, the people in my life are, like, we got you, sis, like, left and right. I think it does make a huge difference. And even being friends with and surrounding yourself with more people in the industry that you want to succeed in. Like ever since I started hanging out with you and Nikki more and even just like hyping, hyping each other up online, like the weekend that you guys came down, I think I got like 50% more um, story views and like 200 new followers just from that weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's actually insane. Like how big of an impact it has on your creativity, on how you feel about yourself, how you want to keep putting yourself out there when the people around you are doing the same things and like wanting the same things for you. And it's like collaborative and not competitive in any way. Yeah, for sure. Collaborative and not competitive. I've been friends with people in the industry who looking back feel like to me, like they were always competing with me. And that's just like not it. I think what's interesting about us as a friend group is that we each have completely different niches and completely different styles. Like even when we compare podcasts, like they could not be more polar opposite. Anytime we're shooting content, it's like everybody's style and aesthetic is completely different. But I think that's super cool because we're all still super supportive of each other and we don't like step on each other's toes because of that. Mm -hmm. Like we all have our own things that we want to succeed in. Like you're killing it on TikTok right now. <laughs> I'm TikTok famous right now. <laughs> but yeah, I totally agree. And it's so cool to have, like, it's like a hive mind of like creativity. And I feel like you know it the best because I consistently blow up the group chat with questions all of the time because I finally like have like a, like a, group of people who like know and then can have a real like honest opinion on it rather than like my friends being like I don't know sounds good like cool yeah and I feel like if I was listening to this a few years ago like it might be hard to like if you're in a city and you don't have any blogger friends or any influencer friends or podcast friends or people doing the same kind of creative work that you want to be doing and you just don't have that in your immediate immediate circle honestly like turn to Instagram like we only met each other through Instagram I met Nikki because I invited you to a event in a city like to a blogger retreat and you couldn't come and you were like oh you need to like invite my girl Nikki so the only way that we even met and have collaborated and worked together is through Instagram and I think like not being afraid to put yourself out there and just like slide in someone's dms and meet up to shoot, meet up for coffee, whatever. Like that's how I have basically all of my closest friends right now. And all the friends that I feel most comfortable around is because they get the whole industry and everybody like is as excited about the same things as you are. But it's funny because like there is so much negativity on the online space because it is really competitive and oversaturated and the algorithm and content's not performing right. And like people get really caught up in it with their ego and I think can put too much of their value and their worth in those numbers. But on the flip side, if you use it as 
a tool to create these connections. Like there's so many opportunities that I feel are only happening for me because we became friends or because I connected with somebody else in a positive way. And I think it's just like a really huge perspective shift that needs to happen because it's so easy to sign on the app, be scrolling through your feed, feel this huge rush of jealousy or comparison or self-comparison versus stepping back, using it as a positive tool, using it as something to connect with people and actually feeling better when you use the app versus feeling worse, which I think is rare. I think most people, when they are on Instagram, if they log off, they feel worse like after spending time on Instagram than, than better. I 100% agree. And I think something that if you want to go into the influencer world, something that you really need to understand is like you need to look at Instagram as a business tool, not as you, like your business. Like mm-hmm. it needs to be like a part, but it can't be everything. And I've learned that pretty recently in the past like couple months because especially when I was going through like a breakup, I really turned to Instagram for like that rush of like endorphins and like affirmation and stuff. But I really have to separate myself and understand that like Instagram is a part of my business. It's not like everything. And I don't need to put so much emphasis that I was putting on it. And I think that's like something a lot of people, even if you aren't an influencer, like you need to like learn from that to be able to take that step back and and understand that like everyone puts their best moments on Instagram. Not a lot of people put their moments where they're losing their mind or they're like crippled with anxiety. People only put their best photo of 500. They only put their best vacation snap up. Like it's not, and that's also like a whole separate beef. Like I, like I, which people were like were more authentic on their Instagram stories. Like I like had a complete mental breakdown down in my car in December. Like cry- I couldn't go anywhere. I was like crying and I like storied it not to be like, Oh my God, like, like I'm crying, like to show my audience, like, Hey, like it's okay to struggle. It's okay to tell people you're not okay type of thing. So um, I want to talk about relationships for a quick minute because <laughs> Well, and the reason why I want to bring this up is because we've talked about how important it is to have supportive people in your life. And you are somebody who has gone through a lot in terms of toxic relationships. And I think this is something that a lot of women struggle with is dating and feeling self-confident enough to like say, to set barriers, to set boundaries, to not just go for somebody and settle because they are lonely, but to actually find somebody that is going to enhance their life and make it better. So tell us about how you overcame these toxic relationships and like what you learned about yourself from them. Um, so to give it, I guess, like a little bit of background, like some mini background before I spew my life advice about relationships. Um, I was engaged really young. I got engaged at 17 to my boyfriend. We were together for four years. We knew each other for nine. So it wasn't like a super spur of the moment type of thing. Like we were together for a very long time. 
I literally almost moved to a different continent. Like <laughs> it was a lot. And um, then I found out like a bunch of like crazy things and broke it off. And then I got into a relationship with another guy and everything seemed to be good. And I guess I'll start the story here because when I first met him, he was also in like the creative space. So I was like, this is so cool. Like I have someone to talk about online marketing with and like they know what's going on. And it's like someone in the same space, but different. So I was just bounce my ideas off of him and stuff like that. And everything was going good until it wasn't going good. And then I broke up with him too. And then after that, I found that I like the things that I learned about myself was sometimes I stay just to have someone in my life. And I realized like I did not need to do that. I feel like it took a long time for me to figure that out because it's not like I was the person that was bouncing from relationship to relationship. I only have, have ever had long-term relationships, like four, three, two, like year relationships. I realized like I didn't know myself without a relationship and I tried to rush into another relationship right after. Um, and then luckily he was having none of it and it like forced me to like grow up and figure my life out. But Transitioning out of toxic relationships, I think something that's really important is taking time for yourself without anything, like no dating apps, no buddies, oh, I can't say that, no dating apps, no people you sleep with, no any of that. You just need to figure out your own stuff. It's just taking the time to really understand who you are, what you want your life to look like, and then understanding that you are the person that makes that happen. No one else makes that happen for you. You don't need a man in your life. You don't need a woman in your life. Like You don't need someone to be the best person that you can be. And I had to learn that the hard way because I literally have only ever had relationships in my life. This is the longest I've ever been single too. And it's kind of weird for me and like stresses me out a little bit. But this is also like the happiest and like the best my life has ever been going because like I'm doing it on my own. And I'm not saying that you need to like not date to like have a great life, but realize that you're perfectly fine in or out of a relationship. And then once you start seeing someone, like you have to actually self-evaluate and be like, is this person bringing more to my life or are they hindering it? Exactly. I feel like so many people jump into relationships or even things, like not even full-on relationships, but just like a thing where you feel like you need to spend time with someone or you enjoy spending time with someone. And then after a while, it's not something that's actually contributing anything positive to your life. Like When you go in blindly and you're like so excited, it's the honeymoon phase. And then after a while, it's like, what is happening? And you take a step back and it's like, I haven't been as creative as I want to be. I've been spending all of my time with this guy and not spending time on my YouTube channel or whatever it is. It's like, it's weird how people fall into these ruts when we're dating and when we're like trying to find a partner. And I don't know, do you listen to Abraham Hicks at all? Uh, she wrote The Secret, right? She, uh, I don't think she wrote The Secret, but she's like it, the manifestation, like law of attraction, all that yeah. sort of thing. Anyways, I was listening to a YouTube video where she was talking to someone and the person was basically like, how do I manifest a partner into my life? And she was basically saying how too often people want a partner in their life to support them 
when you shouldn't be seeking support from somebody because that's kind of like a negative thing. Like that's implying that you need support and it's implying this negativity, this underlying negativity. Whereas what we should be trying to find in a partner is somebody who matches us and is going to elevate our level, not just like support us in the bad, but also bring the best out of us and like bring us up more. So I feel like there's a difference between like support and elevating. And I feel like a lot of people are not after the elevation. They're after like the emotional support because everybody's lonely. Like everybody's sad. Everybody wants somebody to make them feel good. But then you can so easily get stuck in a rut where you might feel better with this person, but does this person make you better? 100%. 100%. And I get very stuck in that rut because I think I'm also so extroverted that I love being around people. And if that person can make me feel good and like understand like a lot of the same things I do and like a lot of the same things I do, I like fall in love. And I'm like, oh my God. But then like my creativity like takes a hit. My productivity takes a hit because now I'm like, oh my God, like I feel so good when I'm with this person. But like, I don't feel as good when I'm like grinding, creating content. And uh, I totally agree. And that's why I kind of don't want to see anyone until I move. Because when I do, I'm moving myself into a space that's surrounded by people who will elevate me. Okay. So you mentioned moving. So I want to talk about that a little bit before we get into a card reading. Um, where are you moving? Why are you moving? When are you moving? Okay, so um, I'm moving to Los Angeles, California in um, almost, I guess, a year now. I'm going in July of 2020, and uh, I'm so excited. I am moving for a couple reasons. One of them is I just feel like, like we said, like Edmonton is not an influencer city, and it's something that I want to do with my life. I have no like obligations. Like I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have like a pet. I don't have like a child. I don't. Like, I'm 22 years old. Like, I don't need to stay here. Yeah, you're so young. You yeah. can just – you need to just go and, like, experience everything. Exactly. So I was like, you know what? Like, people move to Vancouver. People move to, like, Toronto. People move to Winnipeg. Like, it – but no one ever, like, tries to do L.A. And I also feel like the sequence of events that led me to L.A. was, like, very – like, my life path. Like, I found an immigration lawyer – literally through posting on a Facebook group being like, Hey, I'm looking at this visa, this like, I think it's called a J one. You need like a certain amount of press and stuff. That's like a famous person's visa to go into the U S. And I was like, does anyone like have any tips on like how to get more press about yourself and all this stuff? Like I'm moving, I want to start compiling stuff early. So when I app, like when I apply, I like have it all. And this girl was like, actually, like, my husband specializes in moving influencers from Canada and Mexico to the U.S. Like, I can connect you guys. And I was like, that's so wild. So that just, like, fell into my life. And I was like, whoa. But it didn't just fall into your life. You manifested it into your life because it's something that you, like, genuinely wanted. You put it out into the universe. Even on a Facebook group, that's still putting it out into the universe that you're, like, about to take actions towards it. And then, of course, like, it's going to happen for you because you're telling the universe, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. You're so confident in that 
being your plan. Mm-hmm. Like you've never said, oh, I might move to LA. You always say, I'm moving to LA, <laughs> July 2020. Bye. Yep, it's done. And I think that the universe is like, oh, she's serious about this. So everything is just like lining itself up for you. And on the note of that, I think it's so funny because you said this to me when I was here last about, I was like complaining about how my life is so dramatic and how like things are always happening to me, but I like don't want them to be. And I feel like I'm just chilling and like crazy things happen around me. And you told me like that things happen to me because like I do want to be an influencer and I want to have these stories for my podcast and all of this stuff and it just like keep happening and the universe is like you asked and you're receiving girl like yeah. and I really thought about it and I was like all right like that's crazy town well yeah because even like your podcast is all of these crazy stories of guys of parties of things that have happened to you and you, on one hand, you're like, why is all this drama happening to me? And on the other hand, you're like, I want to be an influencer and be full-time like in LA creating this content. And in my head, I was like, girl, like that's exactly why these things are happening to you so that you can create that content that's going to get you there. Like it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And I never like thought of it like that. I was yeah. just like, my life's so dramatic. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm not a dramatic person because everyone who knows me is going to be like, Carly, you're yeah, so dramatic. But I never, like, go out of my way to start it. Yeah, I don't know. The universe has just been, like, bringing me so many awesome things. Like, literally just even starting my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. I have posted a video a day almost every single day in May so far. And when I started my doing that, I had 81 subscribers, and now we have 200. When I got fired, I somehow came into like the most money I've ever had like at one time too and it was like wild because I worked for the same company for two years and then like made more in four days after I got fired than I did like the whole year it's like everything is giving me positive affirmations like left and right and I'm like hell yeah and you're also constantly reaffirming out loud which I I don't know a lot of people that do that And I don't like, I don't even do that really. I don't know how I feel about that because anytime you say something out loud, like a positive affirmation, it can sound like kind of dumb. You're like, oh yeah, I'm just saying this to myself in front of the mirror, like whatever. But I constantly hear you reaffirming all these positive things about your career, about influencer stuff. And I think it actually does make a difference, right? Because it changes your whole perspective on things. So my crazy experience with that is the day before I got fired, I was walking out of my house. I was into myself. It was the first day that I started posting every day on YouTube and I was feeling it. I was so happy. I like walk into my car and I'm like, I am a full-time YouTuber. And the next day I got fired and I like had to figure it out. Oh my God. I I know. I know. And it's nuts. And, uh, I was like positive affirmations, like affirmations in general just like totally work. And another like experience I've had with this, like I don't know if we talked about it already, but like I'm religious, right? So I used to never pray out loud. And now I pray out loud because it's the same type of thing. You know, like just getting it out there. You can think all these thoughts, but it's the same thing as if you think everything and you don't write it down or like you don't make a plan. It's the same thing. It's just thoughts. It's not then I feel like Thinking that loud is like the next step into doing. Totally. Because it's more of a commitment. Mm -hmm. When you say it out loud, you're committing at least like 
to the air around you <laughs> if nobody is around you. Yeah, that's so interesting. So yeah, I totally 100% believe in like saying affirmations and stuff like that because it's brought me so many like crazy positive things in a short amount of time too. Mm-hmm. And now I reflect back on them and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that's crazy. Like that, that being like I'm a full-time YouTuber and then losing my job to be able to do YouTube is wild. Yeah. Like that is like, that's how I kind of know I'm on the right path too, because it's not even like I was fired for a real reason either. Like, it's not like anything happened. The universe was just like, you're done. Like you just said it, we're doing it. Wild. Well, I think that attitude and perspective is pretty much what separates you and what is going to continue to separate you from other people in the industry because being in this full-time, one thing that I see a lot of is not necessarily complaints, but like confusion and uncertainty and people feeling down on themselves because this content piece isn't performing as good as this. And like, I'm not full-time yet and I'm not getting paid this yet. And like, there's so much like negativity. Whereas if you have the attitude and the perspective of, yep, like I'm still growing, like I'm going to do this full-time. Yes, this is happening for me. I'm doing awesome. Like you continually reaffirm that to yourself. Like I, I genuinely think that does separate influencers from each other, the people that are positive and inspired and constantly working on that versus the people that are confused and uncertain and unhappy and constantly focusing on what's wrong. I feel like a lot of influencers just turn it into a number. They don't like have the empathy for the people that like choose to do things for them and like choose to be there for them. I just think like you got to treat people like they're so worth it because like you like none of us would be anything without the people that follow us you know well there's a lot of like uh self-imposed pressure to hit 10k or to hit 25k like people have these numbers in their head that really mean nothing like you can have 5,000 followers and make the same amount as somebody that has 15,000 followers if you have really great content and a super engaged audience and multiple revenue streams. Like the numbers don't really mean that much. And especially as things like as the industry keeps growing, there is more and more emphasis on micro influencers because we are the ones that have the closest connections with our audience because the, the smaller your audience is, the more close-knit it is. Mm-hmm. So I, I think and I hope that people will stop self-imposing this pressure to hit certain numbers and really focus on their content, the value they're bringing, the entertainment, whatever it is that they're putting out into the world, like really focus on that. I think it's funny that you mentioned like the smaller you are, the more tight knit that you are, because I totally like, I totally feel like that, but that's such like a core to myself as a person Mm -hmm. and what I want to have online that I feel like even when I have like a million followers, like I'm going to be, I'm going to try to reply to every comment and like respond to the DMs because I think it's so important. I want to be that person, like when I have a million, when I have 5 million that still be like, hi, like, what's up? Like, thank you so much. Like something that I want to point out is that when you were talking about that, you said, when I hit 1 million, when I hit 5 million. And it's another one of those like language things in manifestation. Like you actually believe that that's going to happen. I know it'll happen deep down. Like I know, you know what's so weird about that is even when I was younger, I knew 
I knew something was gonna like something big was gonna happen for me, and I know it's still gonna happen. And I know like I don't know, I just I know deep down it's gonna happen. It's like I'm having like premonitions. It's crazy. Like I can see it. And I know I'll hustle till it makes it happen. Even like if it's not in the plan, like I'm gonna work on it. <laughs> A thousand percent. I completely believe in that. It's like even if it's not in the plan already to happen, you have the ability to make it happen. So that's like when we talk about manifestation and I really only like super started getting more into this stuff after I interviewed Lauren Toyota on my podcast, because she's very into university meditation, manifestation stuff. And the way I see it is like, you, you don't manifest something that's like going to come out of thin air. Like when you manifest something, it's because you're actually like working on making that thing happen. You can't just like sit in your bedroom, not doing anything, wish that you have a million followers and it happens. It's like you're manifesting it by putting the work in to make it happen. And you know that it's going to happen because you're doing that. You're, you're doing all the steps to get there. So it's like, why wouldn't it happen? Of course it will. Exactly. It's, it's funny that you say that Gary Vee has like a really good analogy about that. It's like, you can't sit. Oh, I don't think I can say this on your podcast. Um, you can't just like sit there and do nothing all day and expect $5,000 to fall in your lap. Like it's not, and I feel like some people listening are like, of course, like it'll happen if you like keep working for it. But the, the idea behind like manifestation and stuff like that is that you could keep working on it and not like wholeheartedly believe it. And it could just grow at a slower pace. Or if you're manifesting it, you could have one thing pop off like the video that just went viral for me well and there's a quote that I um, reposted on my Instagram yesterday I think and it basically said something like if you're stressing about something you're putting yourself through that pain twice so if you are believing in what you're gonna do and not worrying about all little pieces not being anxious not stressing about how you're gonna get there you're moving you're like uh fast Fast tracking. You're fast tracking past all of the stress that's putting you through it twice. So you're only going through it once. Whereas if somebody's stressing about something, they're going through it twice. They have to do double the work, right? It's funny that you bring that up because I learned that the hard way in my relationship with the guy from episode two of my podcast. And nothing was going wrong. Not a single thing was wrong. And I was in my group chat like, oh my God, what if this happens? What if blah, blah, blah. And I was like literally manifesting bad things into my life and they all happened. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like I really ruined a good thing because I couldn't just like be happy and like live in the moment. I had to be like, oh, but like, what if this happens? Or like, I mean, he says he's not seeing someone, but like, what if he is? And like, blah, blah, blah. Like that just ruined it. And I didn't really realize it until it happened. And I took a step back and I was like, wow, like one, I was stressed over nothing. And two, I literally just like opened the door for everything bad to just like come into my life. Yep. Wow. Been there. (laughs) I feel like that's me with the beginning of any relationship. There's so much uncertainty and you overstress and overthink so much that of course it happens because that's all you're thinking about. So then the universe is like, okay, well, if you want it, here it is. Yeah, exactly. This is a good segue into the cards. So I did my last two episodes of Self-Care Sunday with some tarot readings. We were literally just sitting in the living room pulling cards. And what I realized about tarot is that it's 
basically just like the best tool for self-reflection because no matter what cards you get, it makes you think about how it applies to your life and to your situation. And you're like forced to meditate about things that you're struggling with. So that's why I love it. And so we're going to do a poll for Carly. I feel like we should talk about relationships because I do have that date next week with the guy that I ruined things with. So there's this guy that you were seeing. Actually, if people go listen to what episode of your podcast? Episode two. Episode two of uh, Hey Babes. I'll actually link the real podcast in the description. Um, Things didn't end so hot. And now you are back in the game and about to go on a date with him next week. So we're going to do a poll around this and like what the future holds with this guy. So I'll read them all for the podcast and then we'll dive into it. The first impressions generally give you an idea. But with this, I was like, oh, I have no idea what these three actually mean. And now that I'm reading it, it's like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Okay. So this is great. This is great. So the cards that Carly pulled, the first one is the Knight of Chalices, the Knight of Cups. The second one is the Two of Wands. And the third card is the Ten of Cups. So the Knight of Cups is the seducer. The Knight basically represents um, invitation, like approaching someone, which I think is interesting that you decided to go back and like get in his DMs or however you like reapproached him after everything already ended. You kind of took on the role of the seducer and you're like, "Mm, I'm just going to go for it and see what happens, right? So the night represents an encouraged approach. You're like kind of positively starting something or going at something again. The two of wands uh, represents uneasiness, uncertainty, sadness. I mean, I think there's been so much uncertainty around you two kind of throughout the whole thing. Like as you were saying before, it's like you kind of manifested everything bad that happened in that relationship because you were uncertain of what was happening, even though there was not necessarily anything wrong, overthinking and overstressing and being anxious about everything that was unknown is what caused that breaking point. And so I don't know if this means like that those feelings of uncertainty are still there, or maybe he's feeling uncertain because you like reapproached him. So I feel like there's just like a lot of. We also like haven't seen each other in like two months. Yeah. So it's because he was the first one to reach back out to me after a month and a half yeah. about being on the podcast. Right. But then I was the one. You like approached in like a romantic way again, right? Like he approached about the podcast, which in a way could be interpreted as like he wanted to get back in your life. Time passes and then you ask him Mm -hmm. for coffee. So you're being the seducer. There's some uncertainty around what is going to happen here. And the final, what did I say the final one was? The Ten of Cups. So the Ten of Cups, I mean, even just looking at the card, it is like such a happy card. There's people like looking up at all these cups. It looks like a rainbow of cups. It's so beautiful. And it basically represents uh, perfection of a situation and like ultimate happiness, positive results, and overall harmony. So like everything in this card is in harmony. Um, There's like no negative thing associated with this card. 
So it's basically saying either that things are going to end harmoniously and like you'll no longer feel this uncertainty and like negative feelings about what happened between you guys or there will be this like super, I don't know whether it's like super romantic or just like positive, we'll get together and feel like all these emotions again, like whatever it is, it's going to be good either way. If it works out or not, it's going to be like a positive result. Which is what I need too. Cause like he like is someone that I actually like was like friends with too, Mm -hmm. apart from everything that comes with like seeing each other. You take everything like sex and like all that stuff out of the equation and like he's still a person that I would like be friends with, which is also like lends, I guess, explanation to me not seeing or dating or talking to anyone for like two months mm-hmm. and like taking sex like completely off the table. I realized I missed like him as a person and not that part. Even if like we don't see each other romantically, like that's also like like just a relationship, like a friendship relationship that I liked and enjoyed. Yeah. Well, and I love this this line, which was the perfection of a situation. That could be taken in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. So the the situation could end perfect in that you become like great friends and you can lean on each other and talk to each other and whatever. It could become perfect in that you end up together. Like it it's not saying you are going to be romantically involved forever. It's just like the situation is going to be exactly how it needs to be and it will be perfect in that way. This was good. Thanks, Carly. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Self-Care Sunday. If you want to be part of the next Self-Care Sunday episode, make sure to follow me on Instagram at kaylee.e.r where I ask different questions on my stories and sometimes end up answering them here on the podcast. If you go back and listen to the past two episodes, the What's in the Card series, um, that's what we're going to be doing more of here on the show. So if you have something that you want answered on the podcast or you want us to do a deep dive on a specific topic, let me know in my DMs. And until next time, happy Self-Care Sunday, everyone. Thank you.